Blog Talk Radio. Riding through this world all alone. Gotta take your soul. You're on your own. The crow flies straight. A perfect line. On the devil's bed until you die. A dark and gloomy night here and from the uh, ASWF offices in Tuckerman, Arkansas. It's almost like the uh, heavens are crying for what happened this past Saturday night at Halloween Resurrection. And we'll get to that here in a moment. I want to say hello to everybody over on the Facebook Live, as well as everybody listening here on Talk Radio 49. Tonight we do have uh, some special guests. Obviously, uh, the my co-host, my normal co-host, Cody, will not be on tonight. Uh, this is a special edition, but I do want to break some news and uh, go ahead and let everybody in. Uh, we will actually be doing ASWF Aftermath weekly from now on, right here on Facebook Live, as well as Talk Radio 49. Next week's going to be the normal two hours, and then the week wrapping up will be one hour. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and uh, start the wrap-up for Halloween Resurrection. And I'm joined by I'm joined by a guy who had a pretty good night Saturday. Uh, the two weeks leading up to it wasn't so great, but a man who was actually victorious Saturday night in the main event, or his team at least was victorious Saturday night in the main event, Mr. Bad Brad is going to be my guest here tonight as we wrap up Halloween Resurrection. Mr. 99%, how are you doing? And, uh, you know, how does it feel, I guess, to be free? Well, good evening, Michael. Um, I'd like to say I've never been better, and honestly, probably never have been better. Um, You know... It's unfortunate that uh, what occurred, but you know what? On the brighter side of things, maybe it had to occur. That's all I'm going to say about that at this point in time. Okay. I can certainly understand, you know, you wanting to uh, not talk about that situation. It was a very, uh, I'm sure it was very trying. No. I mean, it was, but, and I do want to talk about it. Not tonight. Uh, this isn't the show for that. And I have to gather a few more thoughts and uh, put a few more pieces together. Um, but I will say this, uh, and not harping on anything or trying to take away from the recap show, but, you know, maybe, just maybe the Suicide King and Cataclysm, but mainly the Suicide King, Maybe they showed me the way, and that way <laughs> had a certain path, and and I chose to take a different path, but they definitely showed me a way, and uh, there was a few epiphanies that were that, that happened. Uh, like I said, I got to delve into that at this point in time. Maybe next week's show, uh, I'll be a little bit clearer on, on, on my path as, as far as where I need to go or what I'm going to do, but uh, that is not tonight. Like I've issued on, on Facebook, I will make my statements on my time when I'm ready to do that. I will say this before we get started. I want to let everybody know that, that it's been bandied about. Um, I am no 
affiliation to the infamous connection, the infamous Inc. And these fans that have been posting these videos uh, to free me, um, you, you can stop. You know, I learned something, and I will say this in two weeks, is that it's been me. You know, I've been by myself, and my guys, Josh Cross, Deadly Dale, and, and Insane Shane, you know, that was the pack that we put together is that uh, we, we bandied this, this plan for the main event that we're going to talk about later. But it was always, I told them, guys, move the mission forward. Should something happen to me dealing with the likes of Cataclysm, Suicide King, and, and D-Mike to move it forward? And I've learned that, that I don't need any fans and I don't need this company. I can do this. I have the cash, the means, and, and necessary to employ the right personnel. So I want to put that out there. Um, I don't need your sympathy videos. I don't want your sympathy. I don't need any of your respect because I will take that in due time. Well, once again, we have Mr. 99%. For those just joining us, we have Mr. 99% on the phone joining us for a recap of what was a very successful night. I have to congratulate you. A very successful night for you this past Saturday. But like we said, we'll get to that towards the end of the uh, show. First off, I want to start off with the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Uh, you know, I had a couple surprises in this thing. You know, I, I picked actually Insane Shane. I thought Insane Shane was going to um, take the victory and uh, take the golden ticket. I thought that was the most logical next step for Insane Shane was he was going to take that golden ticket and who knew what he was going to do with it. But I believe that was going to be it. And sure enough, I, I was wrong, you know, I, I, and somebody that nobody was able to pick nobody saw it coming the underdog el ray able to come out of nowhere and defeat all the other men in this golden ticket battle and even a woman uh, the evolution champion asa morta who was in action later on and we'll get to that but uh, very impressive night you know uh we saw officer swift make his in-ring return and during the golden ticket battle royal uh, we saw heinzeman in there uh, a lot of talent in there and el ray was your victor uh very impressed uh what do you think mr 99 percent of el ray's victory this past saturday night i mean <coughs> you have to forgive me i'm still in recovery mode but i mean I, honestly with el ray i mean i don't i wouldn't say that it shocked me the guys been on the cusp of doing some some pretty solid work inside the ASWF. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I've only been able to capture video of, of the event. Um, the only match that, that clearly rings out to me is the main event. Uh, but, you know, I've gone back and I've watched uh, some of the action to try to kind of piece together what, what occurred that night. And, I mean, I don't know... Insane Shane would be your your top pick, I would imagine. Of course, the Suicide King or whoever was in it, you know. And um, it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, the Battle Royals are always uh, probably just as easy to predict as the lottery, uh, I would imagine. Um, I mean, we saw a guy like Steve-O go from you know, losing a match to being number one and going all the way and getting the golden ticket. I know, of course, that'll transpire to the semi, but uh, and we'll talk about that later. But I mean, L. Ray's done some good stuff. I mean, I may not dis, I may not agree with him fully, and we may have had some history in the past. But as far as his in-ring ability, I, I feel like it's, if you slide between those ropes, you got just as good a shot as anyone else does. Uh, in there and, and not taking anything away from El Ray, but the guy's a, a really solid competitor and, and I've got no choice but to give him congratulations for what he's done. I mean, uh, like I said, the, the theme for that is going to be the theme that I've been taking on here recently. And that's, he went in there by himself and he took care of business for himself. And you are right. He did go in there by himself, and he did take care of business. Now, uh, you know, 
looking towards the future here. This, like I said in the lead-up, this basically is a guaranteed championship in El Ray's hands right now. Whatever title he wants to go after, El Ray can take it at this point at any moment. You know, everybody, Steve-O, Asa Morta, Max Stone, everybody has got to be, you know, keeping an eye over their shoulder because El Ray can cash in at any ASWF uh, sanctioned event. And, you know, that's got to be a little troubling to some of these guys. When somebody has that golden ticket, they can strike out of anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, go ahead and, I mean, if you didn't watch the spoiler alert, I guess, um, the newly crowned ASWF heavyweight champion, uh, ASWF champion Steve-O, is probably in the sights to you know, richest prize in the game, I guess. And um, then you have, uh, you know, Max Stone, obviously, um, with some vulnerability there, I guess, uh, considering from what I saw in the video, it wasn't his tag team partner of choice that he acquired the titles with, but he's seemingly getting it done. And, uh, you know, he's a mortar, uh, it's it, it's um, definitely be watching over your back, watching over your shoulder, you know, making sure because, it, like you said, at any point in time, it is what it is. It's the golden ticket, and the likelihood that someone uses the golden ticket and fails is probably astronomically low. I I can only recall in the history of wrestling, it only happened several times that it didn't work out in their favor. Most of the time, it's pretty beneficial. Right. Hypnotic, I believe, is the only person in the history of the ASWF to cash in and not be successful. Obviously, he cashed in on Max Stone that you mentioned a moment ago. And, you know, we're going to get to Max Stone here in a minute. But, you know, just looking at it, the future definitely bright for El Ray moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, you want to talk about one of the matches that probably stole the show that night. You know, uh, we saw the videos dropping in the lead up to it. Uh, Excalibur comes out and he says, you know, talks about how the Manai likes to play mind games and he's going to bring the pain and, uh, or excuse me, he's going to bring the physical intensity and uh, Will Cage, the unhinged Will Cage said he's going to bring pain to the House of Hardcore, or the House of Horrors, excuse me, um, at Halloween Resurrection. And, you know, Will Cage held up his end of the bargain, and Excalibur even brought a little extra right there in that in that uh, he came and played his own mind games, coming out dressed as the Joker, one of the uh, history's greatest villains in comic books. And, you know... But it was all for naught as the unhinged Will Cage was able to pick up the victory. And, I mean, this match featured just about everything you can think of in them pumpkins. I mean, at one point, you thought – at one point there was a bag, and you, I could have swore it was going to be thumbtacks. I, I, full disclosure, I completely thought it was going to be thumbtacks, and I thought, you know, eh, this is going to go a little too far – Turns out it was Legos, and I'm not sure which would have hurt more because I believe he suplexed uh, Excalibur onto the Legos. And, I mean, if you've ever stepped on a Lego, I'm pretty sure you know the pain. Imagine being slammed into that. But, uh, Bad Bud, you got to be impressed with the unhinged Will Cage. I mean, he may not have won the golden ticket, but going forward, he's definitely staked his claim towards uh, moving up in the rankings towards a possible singles or tag team uh, championship shot in my opinion at least well you have to I mean honestly as much as it pains me to say on the aspect of, of, of his allegiance and alliance to the uh, Manaya, um he's done great stuff inside the ASWF uh, you know we've had our history before uh, with the, the hurt arm uh, injury that he had, and he still went out and performed adequately enough, you know. So, I mean, I have to give respect to a man that in, that has put himself in that position. 
you know, he is definitely someone that you have to look out for, uh, especially since he's made that whole Manai transition and he's become unhinged, you know. I mean, I've I've stared the, 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 the oh, man. Sorry, Michael, I'm having flashbacks. I, I just, you know, I've stared that guy down and, Inside the the middle of the ring before, um, you know, we've had our our run-ins, I think. Uh, but to his credit, he did, and taking nothing away from Excalibur, uh, you know, he's just as as good, if not better, on certain days, you know, and that's just how this goes. Um, on Saturday, October the twentieth, at Resur- Halloween Resurrection, it was the unhinged cage or unhinged Will Will Cage's night, you know. And I've seen the Legos. I saw them in the desk. I wasn't sure what those were, but uh, those weren't the small ones either. Those were pretty big. So I can only yeah, they were the industrial size for sure. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, I think that. I think that, like I like I've said before, though, and it doesn't matter who it is, minus one person now. Um, I think the sky's the limit uh, for any of these guys inside here. You know, uh, you know. I mean, it's we have a assembled some of the best talent. I mean, I think in the mid south, um, and and I think that when you have that much talent, it's it's a coin toss on any given night as to who's going to reign supreme over who, but uh, I'll give the edge to Will in, in this that matchup. He did what he had to do, and, and uh, congratulations. Well, yeah, you got to give it to him, and you know, you mentioned that we have assembled one of the best rosters in the Mid-South, and two of the newcomers to that roster, two of the most recent graduates from the ASWF Training Academy, which you guys can join. It's an affordable way to set your dreams, you know, to chase your dreams. Uh, of course, check out and talk with um, Sensational Sarah at the show, or you can always message the ASWF Facebook page to uh, find out details on the ASWF Training Academy. But two of the, its most recent and uh, highest graduates, the Vinson Brothers, you know, their ascension to the top has been unprecedented, and they finally got their one-on-one or, well, two-on-two tag team title shot. The first time that they've gotten two-on-two tag team title shot since joining the ASWF, and they did the most. They, they did the most with it. You know, unfortunately, they came up a little bit short. And Max Stone, the greatest gym known to man, has continued his reign, as he says, doing it by himself uh, atop the ASWS tag team division as himself and uh, Tyler Knight were actually able to pick up the victory this past Saturday at Halloween Resurrection over the Vincents. And, you know, you say it so much. You're, you're the you, – you say it so much. One – when you get to this high level of competition, one mistake can cost you. And it appears, you know, just a lack of focus, just that momentary lack of focus allowed Max Stone, who was not the legal man at the time, to uh, hit a move. And then actually Tyler Knight, his tag team partner, Sir Tyler Knight, was able to pick up the victory. Uh, I know you've reviewed the footage. Uh, I know there's a lot of people uh, calling for a rematch and things of that nature. Uh, what's the story on this tag team title match? Well, you know, obviously nothing is set in stone as far as that goes. Um, you know, as far as the Benson brothers go, the, the one comment that I can make is that we saw their best, uh, one of their best efforts. A very new, um, uh, semi-experienced effort, you know, and that 
leads, I guess, credence to those who are fans of the Vincent brothers. I am not. Uh, but um, they – the potential's there, you know. Um, I think what we saw career-wise was here's a team that's – I know that millennials won't understand this, but uh, the older generation will. I mean, it seems like they've let the clutch out and they're in second gear. And each match, they progressively move up the gear shifter, you know. And, and eventually, they're going to hit that sixth gear. They're going to have that experience and the wherewithal inside that uh, the ring. Uh, the thing about it is, is that it shows the resiliency. And it does show that Max Stone is the greatest gym known to man, uh, regardless of however you want to see that match playing out from what I saw on video, you know, here's a guy that did it again. He single-handedly for the most part retained the tag team championships. Now I know that I've been through hell and back in the last two weeks, but I'm not crazy. I said that single-handedly for the most part, uh, it worked up single-handedly for the most part defended the tag team titles now as crazy as that sounds you know um it's the aswf so you know we've seen it <laughs> crazy is only as defined as the moment that you live in um and uh so my hat's not in but yeah the vincent brothers i'm sure they'll as talented as they are the more ring experience they get the more savvy they become i don't think we've seen the last of them uh, for sure um, obviously, we we try to move teams in and out of the division to keep it fresh, and, and so maybe another team comes in for a minute, or I don't know. You know, we're still up in the air on that. Um, but uh, definitely talking to uh, their their agent or and trying to get something going this for them. He's obviously pushing for a rematch. Not sure what's going to happen there. That we'll, we'll know more later, but. Uh, I don't think we've seen the last of the Vincent brothers, and I damn sure know we haven't seen the last of Max Stone for sure. Well, you're right about that. Max Stone, you know, definitely not popular either amongst the fans here in the ASWF. Amanda, as soon as I said something about, you know, the fans not liking Max, you know, she chimed in because he cheats. You know, a lot of people don't agree with Max's way of going about it, but, you know, I do have to give the man credit very cerebral and a very intelligent uh, professional wrestler. And that's why I believe that he still has the tag team championship. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm sitting in a vehicle right now in this dreary weather down here. Um, uh, but I don't know. If I would say he cheats, uh, you know, I would say that he's just really good at what he does. Um, anyone that possesses tag team championships, evolution championships, heavyweight championships, a championship in this company uh, has to be good. And, you know, uh, it was not that long ago that I saw that potential in these in these. It was at the time Max Stone and A.D. Sky. They were the elements of perfection, and now obviously it's transitioned with the uh, A.D. Sky situation to the element of perfection, uh, Max Stone. And so I encouraged them, hey, guys, put your name out there. And they ran through a a laundry list of who's who in this division. So, I mean, the fans can say what they want to say. You know, it comes down to the fact that they've proven night in, night out, and now Max has proven at least that that the tag team titles are where they need to be. You know, for the immediate future, this is where they belong, and they belong with Max Stone. And apparently, we're going to get a what do you call it a grab bag of who his partner is. But it's it's very ironic that he's been able to interchange a couple of partners and keep his titles. Well, very impressive, too, you know. I, you know, really hit on the fact that Max Stone had only two weeks 
to choose a partner to go up against two guys that had been together literally their whole lives, you know, their brothers for crying out loud. So them meshing together isn't a problem, but you know, Max and his partner may have been a problem. So, you know, definitely kudos to Max Stone and definitely want to give him congratulations for his victory at ASWF Halloween resurrection but uh, another person, you know, you we mentioned the Evolution Championship, a person you were very high on. The main event, Curtis Dawn, came up a little bit short in the casket match. He actually ended up in the casket uh, against Asa Morta. I know that made a lot of fans happy seeing her retain the ASWF Evolution Championship. But I will say one thing, you know, Curtis looked dominant in that matchup. Curtis looked like he could not be beat. And Asa was somehow, some way able to pull out the victory. I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind. I've seen it a couple times going back and reviewing footage. I'm still not sure how Asa was able to pull out the victory. And you're right, Amanda. I mean, it boils down to right now she's the best in that division and she continues her reign as ASWF Evolution Champion. But, I mean, I, I've got to say, Curtis Dawn is not going anywhere. We have not seen the last of the main event Curtis Dawn by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, you kind of got to give him props. He was right there until the very end when he was actually uh, placed in the casket. His cockiness got, a, got the best of him is the best way I can describe it. <laughs> I really want to elaborate on that any further, but, uh, you know, um, let's see. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, I don't know if Asa Morta is truly the best in the evolution division. She definitely is up there. I mean, she has a who's who list of, of uh, people that she's beaten. Uh, insane. I think it was Insane Shane. I guess. My memory is foggy, so you're going to have to help me out a little bit. But uh, I definitely know that, you know, there was the back and forth that she had with uh, what's-his-name. And, um, you know, Curtis Dawn, I, again, I go back to the very the, the fight for freedom match that I was involved in. A miscalculation, a miscalculated move, is probably the difference between a new Evolution champion and a defending ASWF champion. Um, not taking anything away from from Asa by any stretch of the imagination. You know, she has it. She has the title. You have to give it to her. Um, she finds a way to win, and she does it with against male competitors. I mean, you know, when we say that, that is the impressive thing about all of this is that she puts together these victories against her. Uh, there's no other females in the ASWF, um, and that's where I have to go, you know, very impressive. Of course, you know, she's aligned herself, obviously, with the Manai, and so it seems like that group, that faction, whatever you want to call them, (coughs) that faction is, is, maybe they've got a a one-up on the inside track to some things, but, uh, Oh, my hat's off to him, and I agree with you, which I hate to do. But you're not going to hear the. This isn't the last time that the main event, Curtis Dawn, will be talked about on an aftermath program. Um, I fully expect to see Curtis Dawn with some with some form of championship in his possession uh, sometime in his career in the ASWF. But again. Uh, being the humble individual that I am, um, let's go off to, to Ace Morta for a successful defense at Halloween Resurrection, and we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing about it is now uh, somebody like Asa or the person we're about to talk about, uh, 
or, you know, the tag team champions match. Once again, I'm sure the Aztec Warrior was watching each of these uh, three matches very, very closely to uh, possibly cash in that uh, golden ticket at any moment. And he could throw a wrench in any of these guys who uh, want rematches. I'm sure the main event Curtis Dawn is, um, I'm sure the main event Curtis Dawn is uh, demanding a rematch. I've seen him around the ASWF offices. We know Mark's demanding a rematch, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But I want to get to some comments. Amanda says, Mr. 99%. You are far from humble. And then, of course, uh, Elray chimes in and says, if I decided to go after that title, will she be able to handle a faster opponent like himself? And he makes a good point. You know, he does bring a completely different style than what Asa has seen. You know, she's seen the the pure, just all-out brawling of the Suicide King, and she's seen the physical dominance of Curtis Dawn it'd be an interesting matchup to see her go against somebody with superior speed like Elray well yes and you know I mean I guess I guess it's always been a cliche in boxing that styles make fights um and maybe but you know damn it Elray I don't even want to fact that I'm even defending either one of you just just irritates me to to no end, but contractually I'm obligated to be here. Um, you know, has Elray and this is the question that I would throw out there, um, has Elray ready for the power and the uh, what is it I'm looking for? Uh just there's no emotion inside the eyes of of uh, Asa Morta at all. Um, I can speak firsthand from any member of the Manai. I've stared at each and every one of them in the eye, and there's malice, and there's destruction, and there's pain, and there's violence. You know, it's... <laughs> I don't know if Elray's ready for a world like that either, you know. I mean, at some point, the squared confines of that ring are going to confine you, and you're going to have to take some contact. And as quick as Elray is, and as shifty and as speedy and as athletic as he is, is he ready for Asa Morta's pure power? And it's not a power. It's an. It's a very underestimated power that people underestimate her all the time. Um, Just look at, for instance, I go back to the video. uh, Curtis Dawn is not a small man by any stretch of the imagination. We're talking about a a physical specimen of an individual. And Asa Morta with the clothesline turned him inside out. You know, I mean... Completely flipped him around, had him pretzeled up off a clothesline. Is Elray ready for something like that? And that's the question that I have to beg of him. I mean, to me, let's be honest. Put both of them in there. I hope they beat the hell out of each other, you know? That's just, that's a trick-or-treat basket for me. But, uh, you know, that's my question. Well, Brad, go ahead and, you know, uh, one, uh, one thing that uh, just got pointed out in the in the, uh, in the comment section, uh, you know, she was able to chokeslam the uh, new ASWF champion, Steve-O, you know, as you allude to that power. Also, you know, Elray once again comments, says that, uh, you know, he was not only watching the champion who were defending their titles, he was also watching the challengers in each of these contests just in case they won. You know, Elray, obviously a student, he knows and he's going to pick his spot as to when he's going to cash this thing in. Don't get him, don't, don't get it wrong. Elray is a very intelligent individual and he's going to know when the moment is to cash this uh, opportunity in. And, you know, like I said, at that point, it's pretty much a guaranteed championship title in your hands. And speaking of a man who's got a new title belt in his hands, uh, we do have a new, and I know this hurts you, 
pretty bad, uh, bad Brad, because of the way uh, Mark won the title. But we do have a new ASWF champion, uh, Steve-O, able to get it done in the cage this past Saturday at Halloween Resurrection. And, and you know, it was a moment unlike any other. When that bell rang, the roof literally flew off of the Valiant Arena. Uh, you know, and Steve-O celebrated, uh, you know, like anybody should when they win the richest prize in the game. And now Steve-O is at the top of the mountain, you know, something he's been chasing for almost as long as Mark Wolf's been champion, you know, and that being five months, uh, Steve-O is the new ASWF champion, and he did it by submitting, uh, well, there's a little bit of controversy to that. We saw Mark in the offices this week. I know you did, too. Uh, he was in your office for quite a bit, but uh, the official uh, decision was he submitted Mark Wolf inside of the cage with the sleeper hold to become the new ASWF champion. First off, thoughts on the new champion and the match. I thought, as I was able to go back and watch uh, the video, um, I, am I happy about the fact that uh, Mark Wolf was railed out of a championship? No, I can't be happy about that. Um, I'll go back to a, a point made by, you said one of the watchers, listeners, whatever, fans. Um, Amanda, I believe that was her name. She's right. I'm not humble. Let's be honest. Um, Steve-O, I know you're listening. Where Whatever you're doing, playing a video game or whatever. Um, you are very lucky that I did not have my faculties about me, or we probably restarted that match. Um, but I have to say congratulations. Um, this is someone that 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 uh, I've watched develop um, over time, whether it be in ASWF or different organizations. And you did what you had to do. You know, you you found a way to 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 put the wolf to sleep. Problem is, is that the wolf's going to wake up and going to come after you. You know, uh, so with that being said, congratulations to you, Steve-O. You, you've done a fantastic job. If you can live with that style of victory, that, that is what it is. Yes, I have talked to Mark Wolf, and we're trying to create some form of resolution to make things right, but it's going to have to play itself out, uh, I guess, over time um, as we've been inundated with uh, a ton and a ton of issues here at the office. Uh, you know, I don't know what the ASWF did without me for two weeks. Well, Mr. Uh, 99%, Mr. 99%, let's, let's just address the issue. Uh, you know, Mark is challenging that Steve-O didn't pin him, Steve-O didn't escape the cage, and Steve-O never made him technically submit because Mark Wolf passed out. Now, uh, a lot of people say that he was unable to continue, so therefore he submitted, you know, he was beaten. And, you know, he was rendered unconscious, uh, physically unable to compete. Our senior official was the official assigned to the all-important contest and, uh, you know, checked on him. And once he, rendered, once he decided that he was unconscious, he called for the bell and in a lot of fans, and even myself, uh, with all due respect, we believe he made the right judgment call in awarding Steve-O the ASWF championship. Well, I don't, uh, I don't agree with that, and uh, uh, and here's why: he he didn't do those three things you mentioned before, and the senior official is just going to instantly ring the bell. <laughs> yeah, I've seen seen Park Wolf do 
unspeakable things, unimaginable things, you know, in far worse condition. And for the senior official to take it upon himself to just ring the bell, to call the match to interfere is just asinine to me. And, you know, it's an issue that the office has taken into consideration. Again, you know, it's like pulling teeth around there, um, so to speak. Uh, you know, it's it's there's really t- truly what four or five. I think there's four members on the board of directors. Two of those being uh, Ricky Rowland and then Joey Britt, and then there's myself and uh, a guy that wants to stay on anonymous terms, uh, anonymity. So. Um, you know, it's hard to get some stuff done, but uh, after Fight for Freedom, you know, we added a fourth board member with some levy to it so that we could keep some fairness, you know, inside the company, uh, Michael, because of the, the whole situation that occurred where I was powerless and, and Joey had all the power because he had the confidence of, of Ricky Rowland. Uh, so we've added that four to kind of neutralize things out, and we're working on some stuff, and we're we're, we're squaring it away. And, and like I said, um, we'll see. But I've seen Mark Wolf, like I said before, overcome insurmountable odds in far worse conditions. So uh, I will say this to you, to the fans, to the uh, fellow board members, to anybody working, the janitor at ASWF, uh, Earl the ticket taker. You haven't seen the last of this, and there will be resolution made on this issue at some point in time. Okay, that'll definitely be something to keep your eye on the Facebook page as well as right here on Aftermath, too. Uh, We'll bring that news to you as soon as we get it as far as a resolution. You know, once again, controversy reigns supreme. But no matter what, as of right now, Steve-O is your new ASWF champion and honestly, that kind of brings a smile to my face, knowing what all he's been through, not only to uh, get here and win the match. Uh, he went through a brutal cage match to win that. and uh, But, you know, just the journey. Um, you know, Halloween re- or leading up to Fight for Freedom, having to chase you and Mark down to even get the first matchup. And then, you know, unfortunately losing it. And now the retribution was attained thanks to the fact that there could have been no interference. There was no distraction. And I believe, you know, Mark was unhappy. Uh, You know, Wolf candidly told me before the uh, start of the matchup, uh, before the participants went out, he said, this wouldn't happen if Bad Brad was was here. You know, he was angry that he was being forced to defend the title inside of a steel cage, felt it was disrespectful and things like that. But, you know, all the talking aside, Steve-O is, of course, once again, your new ASWF uh, champion. And for the foreseeable future, as it appears right now, uh, Sleazy's decision will stand. It will. Um, You know, you talk about no interference and and such, and I'll end – my segment on this uh, particular match with the the fictitious character, uh, I want to say it was Ian Malcolm on Jurassic Park, and I believe it was his chaos theory that basically life finds a way, and the ASWF found a way to get within the confines of the steel cage and found a way to remove Mark Wolf from the ASWF championship and uh, that's just the way I see things and that's the way I'm going to continue to see things um, you know And but again congratulations Steve-O um, we'll see in the foreseeable future what happens um, you know Michael you've known me for, for a long time and, and we've done other broadcast adventures uh, together and I've told you in the past that uh, to me a champion is not defined by winning the belt a champion is defined uh, after his first title defense so I will hold reservation on a 100% congratulations to Steve-O 
until I can see the man defend what he acquired at Halloween Resurrection. But again, congratulations, Steve-O. Prove me wrong, and we'll see what happens. Well, Brad, we've uh, come to the main event. Uh, We're going to talk about everything post-main event and uh, what happened uh, since the main event uh, with there's been a favorite action uh, throughout the uh, ASWF uh, offices this past week, but we'll get to that here in a moment and give you guys the update on that. Um, But let's go ahead and talk about the penitentiary of pain. Uh, Obviously we know the rules by this point. And it started out with uh, the Suicide King coming out first, and it appears he kind of forgot you, uh, wheeling out just an empty wheelchair, and then he went back and grabbed you. And obviously he he uh, he was followed by the original misfit, Josh Cross, and we've seen these two go to absolute all sorts of lengths to destroy one another. And this thing, just another way to do it. Um, Your thoughts on the first two individuals inside of this penitentiary of pain? You know, let's let's talk about the Suicide King. Um, I will be forever indebted to the Suicide King. Um, There were lessons that I learned... In that two weeks of captivity, um, that uh, <laughs> wow, um, I'm sorry. Uh, it's hard sometimes to talk about it because I get flooded and inundated with a ton of memories that I don't want to forget, but I have to process them. But as far as those two go. You know, you could see the level of hatred from the Suicide King towards Josh Cross, and you could see the level of hatred towards Josh Cross to the Suicide King as as I was sitting there, and the fog, uh, the blur from what had happened. Um, you know, you saw the evidence, and I don't care what any of you fans think. I don't care what. Double J thinks, what Michael thinks, what Joey or Ricky thinks, or what anyone thinks. What you saw was the byproduct of absolute savagery being stricken upon me for two weeks. If anyone thinks that that was some sort of costume or cosmetic, you're crazy. That is something that I'll have to live with. And going back to the point, hard to get sidetracked here the fact of the matter is is that we knew their business was going to pick up when all six of them got in there obviously the weapons became into play but we also knew that for each competitor that entered it was just going to raise the stakes even more and i don't know how much higher they could have been especially given the hatred level for the suicide king and then josh cross but you know they went to work for a little while and then Immediately following that, out came uh, the second ingredient to the poison, uh, you know, and that was Insane Shane. And then that's really when it got interesting because at some point there you had two on one, and I'll give it to the Suicide King. He was able to kind of hold it. He's he's different, you know. He's different, Um you know, I have to admire someone whose motto is "Kill me before you beat me," and uh, I don't know, Michael. Um, it was it was something to sit there and to watch. You know, it was really and truly something unbelievable. Well, absolutely, and you know. Uh, you're right. Uh, you guys, uh, Team 99%, did get the one-man advantage. Uh, Insane Shane was the next man out. And, yeah, Insane Shane came in and impressed. Uh, you know, very physical, uh, ready to go, bringing in. And, you know, that one-man advantage paid off. 
obviously the next person that entered the cage though was the one that everybody was watching everybody thought that this man was going to be the uh, was going to be the linchpin for team aswf and they thought that you know this guy was gonna be either the achilles heel or the guy that won the match uh that being d mike uh Mr. 99%, once again, I know that you, uh, I know that you were, you know, a little preoccupied. You were obviously in pain, but uh, the little bits of what you saw, D Mike, you have to be impressed. I mean, I've got to go ahead and throw it out there. This guy was my MVP of the match. I will say this um, I've been waiting for a moment. to, to I've got a couple of things like I said that I'll make in due time, but this one I want to make right now. D Mike, um, I was able to once I had to I had to procure a new phone. Uh, I was able to to read Facebook, and I just want D Mike to realize that. He's not a disappointment and he's not a failure. What he did was admirable. Um, I believe that actually did a lot better than I believe he's given himself credit for. I think where he messed up is that he aligned himself with the wrong side. Um, obviously, D Mike. You know, my office is always open. You're more than welcome to come into my office. And we can talk. And with your skill set and your impressive athleticism and what you were able to accomplish, and let's be honest, this guy was a referee. You know, that's what makes this impressive about D-Mike is the guy was a referee. And he enters probably one of the what would you say that's equivocal to hell in a cell for WWE? You know, I I mean, the penitentiary of pain match is probably one of the most brutalist matches that I have ever witnessed uh, firsthand in the ASWF. And my dad, in in, in putting this out there for you, D-Mike, D-Mike, nothing but love for you, D-Mike. Um, just just remember, just remember, who made the stipulations for that match? You know, Michael, would you, would you like to uh, to enlighten D Mike for me if he's listening? And I'm sure he'll catch the rebroadcast if he gets a chance. We didn't set the stipulations for this match. His own teammates did. So his subjective to this match was the Suicide King. Cataclysm. Well, and then D Mike was followed by uh, Deadly Dale and Cataclysm. But the key point in the matchup, as we get ready to wrap things up, we got about six minutes left of actual airtime. But uh, the key point in the matchup here uh, was when uh, Ray, Josh Cross, both go out. Cross produces a pair of cuffs and cuffs Ray to the ring post. Uh, just right in front of you, actually. And then Cataclysm comes over, and same story, except this time he gets cuffed to the door. And that leaves poor D-Mike. And I tell you, in one of the most, I mean, you want to talk about heart, this kid's got it in spades. With three hungry wolves, that being Insane Shane, Deadly Dale, and Josh Cross, Coming, two of them coming over, and then one of them staring them directly in the face, and all you got's a kendo stick by your side. I mean, he didn't blink. He just went to wailing on anything that moved. And you know, yeah, the numbers game eventually caught up. Yeah, your team, uh, Mister Ninety Nine Percent, but hey, you got to give it to. The, I mean, the heart and the effort and the uh, – D-Mike, I, I mean, once again, I just want to echo what Mr. 99% said. 
you did not disappoint anybody. You absolutely gave it your all. And it was almost like you snapped in that moment, Bad Brad. And, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I thought that D-Mike was going to be able to escape. He literally broke that kendo stick, that Singapore cane, over a few of their backs. I mean, he just he lost it. And that's exactly what he needed to do. Unfortunately, though, the numbers game caught up with them, and you guys were victorious, you guys being uh, Team 99%, Bad Brad. Uh, walk me through uh, the moment when Josh Cross walked up to you after they were victorious. What was going through your mind? Well, you know, before that, briefly, uh, Dale would come over and, and kind of slap me around a little bit and kind of kind of woke me up to, you know, got me out of whatever I was in. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, Josh Cross went to unlock the wheels on the chair and I specifically told him, take me to Ray. Um, so they stood me up and I wanted to once again, reassure those three competitors, uh, that, you know, no matter what, you know, I was willing to endure the same pain that they were willing to endure uh, to accomplish the mission. All three of these guys had been slighted by the ASWF, and that's what I'm here for. You know, that's where the 99% used to be. It was 99% against the elitist capitalist pigs of the ASWF, the 1%, Joey and Ricky. And I wanted them to, and I wanted the fans to see me walk physically with assistant around the ring to confront the sadistic minded suicide king and team ASWF that what I stated before this went down then the captivity began began was that a miscalculation was the only reason that we lost fight for freedom and that we were going to become victorious and the fact that they put it in a cage and they have put weapons in there with Deadly Dale, Josh Cross, and the Insane Shane just proved my point that they even made the odds better. And so in the regards for D-Mike, you're not a failure. You just made the wrong decision. And as far as Suicide King and Cataclysm go, well, you know, you came up a little short. And Thank goodness, because I do not know what would have happened to me had they been able to walk out of the ring with my guys. But there was no issue there uh, in fear that we were going to lose that match. Um, I was pretty confident the whole way around the, the spectrum, and, and I even said it on the microphone a few times. Nobody believed me. Maybe now you'll start to learn that my way is going to be the way in the ASWF one way or the other. And I believe Michael that I have proven I am ready to go to any lengths to secure my way around that company. Well, bad Brad, we got about 90 seconds. I don't know. I know that, uh, I don't know if you've got that in your earpiece, but, uh, what I wanted to ask you about shortly before we go, obviously I alluded to it earlier. The ASWF offices have been abuzz with action since you showed up Monday morning in your office. Uh, obviously, we had another board meeting. I was actually shut out from this board meeting. Uh, it was, once again, uh, regarding the Suicide King uh, Ray's status uh, moving forward. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Moving forward, uh, was a decision made? What happened behind that closed door meeting? I can tell you that no decision has been reached. And in all honesty, I'm a little disappointed. Um, I feel like there's going to be no recourse uh, for his actions. Um, you know, I'm currently uh, – there's no persuading. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming down to a vote, really, and there's no persuading Joey and Ricky as far as we know where their vote's going to align. Um you know, it's crazy that, that he was able to do the things that he did, but apparently the hatred for me exists uh, un, un, unfathomable that there's hatred for me. But, 
you know, I, I'm disappointed, and, and and we'll see come November third. Hopefully, some kind of decisions made before we come to aftermath, and I'll be able to share that. But at this point in time, it really looks like there's no there's not going to be any recourse for the suicide king. And so, in that regard, should there not be any recourse, uh, then we'll have to take justice into our own hands, uh, or my own hands, it's at uh, some way, and, and and it will be done. But justice will be served. Whether it's through legal means or whether it's through, you know, something inside the Valiant Arena means, it will be served one way or the other. But as far as the board meeting goes, there's been no. Uh, it's like pitching in baseball, you know. Uh, it's 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 just a balk right now, you know. We're we're at a crossroads, and then nobody can decide uh, what they want to do. So we'll have to see as further developments uh, occur. Well, I know, and I, I know it's not very often, and once again, quickly, I just want to address this. I know it's not very often that you guys actually sit there, and I, I've, I've heard whispers that there are actually negotiations underway between yourself and the other uh, board members. Uh, I've seen the uh, one who would like to be uh, remain anonymous. I've seen him walk into your uh, office. Um, almost kind of like you hear about these backdoor meetings at Congress. Are you trying to uh, sway votes uh, or anything to uh, to uh, you know gather the necessary votes to get some form of punishment? Or uh, where are we at at this point? How is is that working? Uh, where are we at? Well, obviously, real quickly, obviously no. Mm-hmm. And I'll throw this out there. Uh, I mean, I guess that the fans can still hear, still hear me, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, well, I'm going to tell each and every one of you fans, number one, uh, regarding the Double J situation and the whole law situation with Joey back then, we're not calling the law, even though what he did was criminal. We're not handling it that way. I'm not calling the law. You know, he took away from me for two weeks of my life, my family, nephews, my employment, everything, my business. I had a business. I run a successful business in Little Rock, and you took that away from me for two weeks, you know? So my goal is to take something from him that he loves, and I want to destroy it. I want to crush it in front of you. I can tell you this, and I'll, the insight is right now, it's two votes for re- for, for no action, one vote for termination, and we've got an undecided vote still swaying in there. In the and I guarantee you, you can tell me right now who the two uh, no recourse votes are. I can guarantee you, you could put that out there. Absolutely, and I can guarantee you, can tell the one the one vote to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. There's that one swayed vote that uh, that we're still kind of that I'm still talking to, and we're going through evidentiary uh, review. Uh, it just blows my mind, uh, you know, Michael, that that you can even sit there and, and not be on the side of, of recourse and, and, and action against the Suicide King for what he did. It's unfathomable to me, but that's fine. I understand it, like I told you, beginning of this show, and I'll even end the show. Screw you. Screw the fans. And, and, and anything. I don't need any moral support. Ever anymore, ever. I don't need someone saying they're my brother on commentary telling me to free me to hell with that. It's it's my show when it comes to what I do, and I have the cash means, I have the power means, and I will implore whoever is willing to get up and has been wronged by these capitalist pigs to. I'm just going to end it right there because, you know, I'm I'm not ready to go there just yet. But I mean what I say is I don't want friends in the ASWF. All I need are a few allies at certain points in time that realize that I can benefit them and they can benefit me. And that's all I'm going to say. So, guys like Aaron, I appreciate the videos you made. But, Michael, let me close this out real quick, and I want you to think long and hard about this. And you can comment it on Thursday on Aftermath next week, a two-hour show. 
do you know? Do you know what it's like to have been through what I've been through for two weeks and then to watch, be forced to watch your own memorial video? Do you know what that's like? I don't think you do. That's where I'm going with that. And I will be back in that meeting tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and however long it takes. But one way or the other, the Suicide King find his recourse, whether it's through the hands of justice, malice, violence, whatever. It will happen. Mark my words. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us here this week on ASWF Aftermath for Mr. 99%. I am uh, the voice of the ASWF, Michael Carnahan. We certainly hope you have a good night, everybody.